As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on this episode of He is Real. Is God real in your life? Have you ever experienced things in your life that have made you wonder how and why it happened? With our co-hosts, Jacqueline Salemi and Danielle Smith, we'll discover stories that just don't seem possible. But these true stories can only be explained by the fact that God is real and working supernaturally in our lives every day to show how much He loves us. We believe that the Lord is real, active, reliable, and waiting for us to call out to Him. It is our desire through this platform to help bring people into the kingdom of God through salvation or to encourage believers to run after our Heavenly Father harder than ever. We are not pastors, ordained ministers, theologians, apologists, or even counselors. We are just a small group of normal, fallible Christ followers brought together to share messages of hope for those seeking more from their journey through life. The show will not be a platform to discuss politics, current world events, or even social issues. But through a series of short episodes, we will bring you interviews with people who have a story to share that they believe can only be explained as a work of God in their lives. These will be stories from very simple, that was weird, moments to cases of despair and loss turned around to saved and hopeful. We will also apply these stories to scripture and discuss how this may actually be the work of God. Before we begin, I would like to read Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, for those who have been called according to his purpose. I would like to now introduce our co-hosts, Jacqueline Salemi and Danielle Smith, to take us through the show. Thank you for listening. Our wonderful guest today is a good friend of mine, Liz Nowak. Liz and I have known each other for about seven years now, and we've grown together through business as well as a friendship here on earth, I guess you could say. Liz, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. (laughs) It has been a little fun, hasn't it, so far with our technical difficulties. Liz is here to share with us today because I asked her to be here. And I wanted to be here, too. Thank you. She's got some amazing stories. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, thanks. And thanks so much for having me here. It's always just really a blessing to me when I meet people who also love our Lord and really want to glorify Him with their lives. And so to have a chance to share that with more people is even more exciting for me. 
I don't know, just a little bit about me. I'm married. My husband and I have been married for 33 years. We have three children. Jackie said we met through business because I've been in sales for the last seven years. I was a teacher before that, and I was a stay-at-home mom before that. And, you know, faith has always been a part of our lives. My husband and I, you know, have always prayed together, go to church together, and we knew that we were going to raise our children in the faith. And so they've been raised through, you know, that all of their lives as well. Um, And after having 33 years of marriage and raising now three children together, would you say that your faith is stronger than it ever was? Oh, absolutely. Because after 33 years, you look back on those years and you can really see the hand of God in so many different things. And The older I get, the more I realize that the hard times end up being the good times. All of the the hardest times in our lives these past 33 years are really the things that have brought us closer together, brought us closer to God, brought us more humility and more trust. And so they've been opportunities for growth. And as you get older, you realize that. And so then when something bad happens, you have a kind of a different perspective on it now as mm-hmm. I'm getting older. I would have to agree with you there. 30-year roughly marriage is <laughs> sitting at this table right now, and we've all gone through enough trials. Danielle, our co-host, she's a newlywed. Ooh. Well, newlywed, how long have you been married, Danielle? So I've been married for three years now, and I was just thinking about how you're kind of sharing a little bit of your background story. And I, I pray that God will you know, maybe do something like that for my life. You know, it's it's three years and I'm excited to see, you know, how many more years I want to be, you know, where you're at, where you're telling us it's been over, you know, over 30 years of marriage. Now you have these wonderful children, which I'm excited to hear about. You know, I had gotten a little bit of a brief on your story and I'm excited to just share that with others. I think that you just have an incredible story to share. I'd love to, you know, just know more about, how, you know, your husband and you were inspired with an adoption. I think that's just huge. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. I'd love to share it. We have two biological children. We kind of struggled to have two children. We weren't able to have more children after that, but we loved them and it was great. And, you know, life was going along. But then a few friends of ours adopted we saw the the joy that those babies, that that new life brought into other households. I was praying about it, and I really felt like we should adopt. I just knew that I wanted more life in our home, and I knew that we had a lot to share and a lot to offer. And I just felt like we owed it, really, to the kingdom of God to have another soul in our home. Give me for interrupting, Liz. Mm-hmm. You said that you have two children at this point. How old are those kids at this point? Alexandra, our oldest, was probably seven, and Paul was five, I would say. Thank you. We, you know, talked about it. I, I brought up the subject and the idea with my husband, of course, being a man and super practical. Right away, he's like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't afford it. It's too expensive. We already have two children. Mm -hmm. They're in private school, this and that. Talked to him about it a few more times, and I had done some research, and I showed him, you know, well, we could do this or we could do that, and he kept saying no. But I was praying about it while I was doing all this, and, and then one day in my prayer, I realized, I think the Holy Spirit said this to me, you can't nag him into this. If you nag him into adopting, he will resent it. That's not the right way. 
So that day I made my prayer, Lord, you know what we need. You know what I'd like to do, but I want to do what you want us to do. So if it's your will that we adopt, you have to change Steve's mind, not me. I can't do it. If you change his mind, I'll know that this is your will for us. Wow. Go forward with it. Wow. That's pretty obedient and pretty patient and pretty amazing and pretty wise to be able to actually acknowledge what your spirit is, is telling you. Pretty impressive. Well, the hardest part was to follow through on the not yeah. nagging part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can attest to that. <laughs> and, you know, because I truly, I truly promised God that I wasn't going to bring it up again. I would have to know that it would be God's will that we were going to adopt. And he was going to have to change Steve's mind, not me. Danielle, you had a question for Liz? Oh, I was just thinking that, you know, when she was talking about her prayer was, I just thought, wow, that she had so much wisdom in her prayer. You know, so many times we, we want what we want, you know, and um, I think one of the most beautiful things is that I've learned in God's word and, and I've kind of come to learn it a little bit differently, but there's a scripture in Psalms 37, four, where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I could just see Liz, you know, delighting in the Lord, delighting in his will and wanting to be a part of his will. And just so happens that the desires of her heart turns out they were granted. And I think a lot of times we think the desires of our heart is like, oh, I really want this car. Like, I love the Lord. I get it. But I think it's that God actually gives you those desires of your heart instead of just having your own desires, if that makes sense. And I could see it as something being God's desires placed in Liz, Liz's heart. I just think it's beautiful. And I'm excited to hear more about how it kind of starts to play out, how God worked in your husband and, and how things kind of started to work out. Okay, so Liz being awesome and obedient and wanting a baby and <laughs> wanting to adopt and watching everything, doesn't want to nag her husband. And now she's got to follow through with it. And so I prayed and I just, you know, kind of like Mary kept all these things in her heart. I tried to follow that example. It says that about, about Mary in the scriptures. I tried to be like that where wow. I was just going to keep it in my heart and pray about it because I had promised God I would. And I wanted to follow through on that. So I did. I didn't say another word to my husband. I don't think. <laughs> uh, and if I did, it was it was small for sure and in passing only. Months passed. Months. I was still praying about it and thinking about it, but months passed. And the kids, one day, it was September, the kids were back at school. Kids were gone and my husband was getting ready to leave. I'll never forget the morning. On his way out the door, he said, why don't you call that agency? And I stopped and I looked at him and I said, what? And he said, why don't you just call that agency for the home study and have them come over? And I said, really? You know, you know what that means if they come over. And what I meant was there's going to be a lot of machinery set in place because mm -hmm. we had both done the research on that. And he knew. And he said, yeah, I know. That's okay. Just give him a call. And I was like, okay. All right. Bye. And I gave him a kiss and he left. I started crying. I was so happy. I mean, I had tears before he even left. I was so happy. I, I couldn't even believe it. I was stunned. All of a sudden, he is gone, 
and I'm standing in the kitchen. I've got tears of happiness. And then I looked around and my kitchen was clean. My house was clean. My house was quiet. And I was there and I had a whole day ahead of me to get other things done, laundry, grocery shopping, make dinner, etc. And pick up Paul from kindergarten. And I looked around and I was like, I can't have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful with what you ask for. You might actually get it. (laughs) I was 40 years old. I realized I I couldn't have a baby. (laughs) I can't have a baby. It's going to mess up my house. Oh, my gosh. And then in the next moment, I remembered my prayer. And I was like, Lord, I know this is your will. There is no way that Steve would have said that without this being put on him by you. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you will get me through this. Wow. I, I know that we're, you're in this with me. <laughs> and so I know it'll be okay. And so that was my prayer that morning. Then the whole thing started. <laughs> the ball started rolling that day because so, I got on the phone. <laughs> wow. So how quickly from the time that your husband says, okay, and now you're thinking, okay, what did I do? And, <laughs> and you make the phone call. How quickly before you actually get the, you know what, we have a baby for you? We had, a, we were matched with a mom who was expectant by October. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fast. Mm-hmm. Like and she was, month? And she was due in January. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Because we had all the stuff ready that we needed because I had, like I said, done some uh, legwork on it. It seemed like God was preparing even that young lady to provide uh-huh. your child for you because you had been praying for months and months. <laughs> and like he's just, he's just lining and everything up. God, God knew who mm-hmm. was coming where. What was that waiting period like? You know, it seems like it kind of happened pretty quickly. But what was that, you know, the waiting period like during that time? I know for me personally, waiting and patience is not <laughs> it's something that I, I have to pray about and work on daily and so I know that during those waiting periods for me personally I can find difficulty in that I'm just curious what it was like for you and your family during this time God knows me well and so he he always kind of knows our limits you know and since we already had two children I knew that we had a lot of preparation to do because our youngest at this point, now by the time the baby was going to be born, Paul would be six because the baby was due at the end of January. We had a lot to do. And plus I had two children who were in school Mm -hmm. where Paul was in half day kindergarten and Alexander was in first grade or maybe second grade. I can't remember. And so, you know, that kept us pretty busy. You don't have a lot of time. And plus... She was pregnant with him. It's not like adopting a baby who's already born. We just had mm-hmm. to wait sort of like any pregnancy, which I kind of like. She didn't know what she was having. We didn't know exactly mm-hmm. which day he would arrive. So, I mean, when I say she didn't know what she was having, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. There was that little bit of uncertainty, but we just put all of that in God's hands, and we were just just said, okay, Lord, whatever you know, we know that this baby is going to come to us as you want it, when you want it. And by that, I mean, actually, our two biological children were each born with different birth defects. Just mm-hmm. coincidentally, our daughter had a cleft lip and palate, and our son was born with a severe congenital heart defect. We knew that there's a possibility that our adoptive baby 
could be born with a problem. You just kind of never know. We didn't care that it's our baby that's coming. So we were just, you know, just getting ready, getting the room ready and yeah, getting excited. Kids were excited. And so that's just the way it goes. going to ask, I know your, your kids were pretty young at the time. I was wondering if they were excited for a new brother or new sister. I, I could imagine that was a pretty exciting time in your life. You know, it just goes to show, you know, give your cares, give your worries to God and you will have peace. And I think something I could practice more, you know, instead of worrying so much, you know, There's just a, give it to God and yeah. confident in God's word and what he says he'll do. So that's amazing. There's even a little bit more deeper story to this a little bit further how everything is connected how grace just really overwhelmed the family with this next part of this story yeah so the kids you know when you have a home study done and stuff they come in and they want to make sure that the children are on board with this idea and so our kids were really excited about having like you said a new um, brother or sister and you know I have to say it really has struck me I wish that I would have had a lot more children because the bigger families that I see are just so happy. The kids always have someone to play with. They always have each other and they really love each other. There's just something about being open to life and truly open to life and all of that. I was so happy that this all worked out the way that it did. So anyway, we got Thomas, went and picked him up in Illinois. The whole family went down and we had to go to court. The kids dressed up for court and got to meet the judge. And it was it was just really an exciting time. We stayed at a hotel and kind of had fun, a little family vacation. And then we came home with our new baby and everyone was just so excited. One, one other aspect that I don't think I really touched on, it's the fact that Thomas is black and we're white. That adds a little bit of a wrinkle. I was very naive. Even I said, we don't care. We're colorblind. We can adopt any, you know, any baby that needs a home. We will give that child a home. And there was a real, real need for these black babies to be adopted. They were they're going overseas because there's not enough families in the United States to adopt them. So anyway, we had to go through interracial parenting classes to learn to be an interracial family. And I'll say that I thought that was going to be a crock, kind of. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I thought, oh, this is dumb. This is a bad idea. Let me just tell you it's not. <laughs> After I uh, went through the classes, Steve and I went through that together. We almost changed our mind. There's a big responsibility to being an interracial family. We, of course, are so happy that we are. That's another aspect of this that needs to be known. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, right. I mean, to bring an adoptive child into your household anyways, that's a big undertaking. Not knowing what that baby is going to come to you with, health, sickness, disease, addiction, you don't know, right? You didn't know that. Then you get pushed to the limit with all this other stuff with the interracial classes. And now, in every angle, it seems like the world was trying to instill fear in you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that, that was it. But, but it didn't matter. I mean, our, you, we, you, we just knew that this was God's plan for us. And it, it just it You couldn't. didn't let fear overtake your situation. You let faith mm -hmm. and hope and excitement. Yeah. That's true. And I have to give a lot of credit to my husband, too, because my husband is just so level-headed. He's just such a loving man. Mm -hmm. He's so open to that, to being generous that way. That's great. That's great. And coming from a, a newly married young lady, Danielle has a question. <laughs> I was going to, well, that's wonderful, though, that your husband was so supportive and just gentle and kind. So that's huge. And I'm sure that your son needed that. I was curious to know if going through the classes, if you were able to form friendships and support with others who may be going through the same situation or who had been through the same situation and what, you know, what was their biggest advice to you or what made you worry the most? Yeah, that's a really good question. We did not form any friendships. Our classes were actually international. The babies were being adopted all over the world. Our class was in English, so we only had English speaking, but we had people from Canada, Germany, a few places in the United States. There were people from all over. So we didn't form friendships. But the thing that made that gave us pause was the last class, they had adult adoptees. There were four or five different black adults who had been adopted by white families who spoke to us about mm -hmm. their experience. One of them was a young man. He was in his 20s, and he had been raised in Indiana in a predominantly white area, kind of rural, it sounded like. Didn't sound too unlike where I live. He was very bitter. He was so angry about the way that he was raised. When he went to college, he said he didn't know how to get along with anyone because he gravitated toward white people and they didn't know what to think of him. The black people, he didn't know how to relate to them. He was a real blessing to us, actually, because we were so shook up when we heard him that my husband and I thought twice about whether or not we should do this. Mm -hmm. Are we doing the right thing? We prayed about it. And we talked to someone else we know who is a interracial family who we respected. We decided that we were going to go ahead and go forward because what this man said is, will he be better off with you or not with you is really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, I guess with us. Yeah. But that young man, God bless him, the man who, who was so bitter, he made us a lot wiser. We determined right then, well, our new child is under our roof. We have to make sure that that child is exposed to black people. 
our child was going to learn how to interact with other black people and not just be out in a little white oasis and us being naive and thinking that it wasn't going to matter. Because if there were going to be difficulties, we didn't want it to happen when he was at college on his own. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to happen under our roof where he would have the security of us. Mm -hmm. Support of your loved ones Mm -hmm. going through when you're going through trials. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Let's zoom forward a little bit. And you've had Thomas for a couple of years now. He's what, four or five? No, he's actually almost in eighth grade. No, when he was in fourth grade, he developed epilepsy. Okay. Is that yes. what you're thinking? Yes. Of? Yes. Yes. In fourth grade, Thomas had a seizure. We didn't really know what had happened. Long story short, he was diagnosed with a type of epilepsy. He got put on medication. Anyone who's familiar with epilepsy, you'd understand that it takes a while to get the medication straight. So he did have a number of seizures. Many of them were at school. They were always the dramatic type of seizure. There's different kinds of epilepsy. Not everyone has these types of seizures, but he did. The seizures where he would throw himself on the ground and... His body would twitch. Oh, yeah. It's embarrassing, but also it's really... The thing I never knew about it is that it's exhausting. It puts a big strain on the body. I would think it would be like an electrical volt going through your body, you know, taking out all of your energy, zapping you of everything you've got, so you're just laying there. It leaves you with a big headache... And a lot of um, body aches, and uh, he got a concussion at least once. And so, anyway, uh, he did have epilepsy, and we did eventually get his medication, you know, squared away so that he was able to minimize his seizures and kind of go forward with that. The type of epilepsy he had is often outgrown by the time they go through puberty. When he hit ninth grade, his doctor weaned him off of his medication, and he was able to do that successfully. Up until this time, though, he was pretty healthy. He was pretty normal, quote-unquote, healthy baby with normal schedules and, and just going through the normal routines. And now you're introduced to this new experience. Yeah. Tell me where your faith is at this point. Tell me how your prayers are going at this point. It's interesting. I don't even really remember what I prayed for at that time. I can't tell you because as moms, we know we always pray for our children. I don't know. I'm just kind of pragmatic. I look at anything that happens as oh, well, we have to work with this. We have to deal with it. How are we going to fix it? What are we going to do? And I'm really not one to beg God. My child were dying or something. I would, of course, be begging God on my Mm -hmm. hands and knees to save my child with something that's just being managed. Then, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, oh, oh, well, this stinks, but we're working through it. But Mm -hmm. God, keep him safe. That's the one thing. (laughs) I did always pray that God would keep him safe. (laughs) So one tone that I've heard from you throughout this whole entire thing is you are just so rock solid in your faith that not much moves you. And when things seem to get a little rocky for you, you seem to just buckle down, you say your prayers, you have your faith and you trust, and then you just keep moving forward. That's what I'm getting. Well, I think so. Yeah, because I mean, I've always known God is there. Mm -hmm. I've never questioned whether or not God is there. I have friends who have gone through hard times and they've said that it's made them question their faith. And maybe I just haven't had a hard enough time yet because i just never had anything that has given me a reason to question God. He's there for my best, mm-hmm. my best interest of is course. always. And like I said before, 
even in the bad times, we've seen that God's brought good out of that. Sounds like God has given you a gift of faith in a sense, you know, it's like you haven't been shaken. You continue well, I was, to stand on this foundation, and I, I think that's amazing. Liz said maybe she hasn't had it as hard as others, but I think maybe she has. She's just handled it so much differently that she hasn't realized it's been like so other people going through what she's gone through maybe they would have handled it differently if they didn't have that faith because i i know when i didn't have any faith boy oh boy the sky was falling and chicken little was had no head and i was running everywhere and like because that's what happens when you don't have faith but when you have solid faith seems mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what the wave is it can try to crush you but no. you won't. so the reason that epilepsy is is noteworthy is because a few years later, our daughter, our oldest, was graduating from college. She actually went to West Point. So she had four years of grueling work during the summers, always took like the hardest course she could. She went to Sandhurst in England and camped in Germany and had to like dig her own hole every night for sleeping. And she was on the crew team for four years. I'm prefacing this because she was very physical very active and, and worked really hard throughout West Point. Two days before her graduation, she had a seizure, completely out of the blue, obviously. Can't be in the Army with epilepsy, but she had a seizure right before she graduated from college. That was a real test. That was harder than Thomas having epilepsy because now I've got someone who can drive. We have to tell her she can't drive. Someone who was supposed to be commissioned in the Army, now the Army's not commissioning her. When Thomas heard that Alexandra had had a seizure, he got on the phone with her and he listened to what she told him and he said, I'm really sorry to hear that. And that's all he said. And it was the most mature thing that an eighth grader could have said to his sister who had just really experienced something so devastating. The two of them have bonded a lot since then because they really do have a deep understanding our daughter's epilepsy is not the type that will be outgrown. She will be on medication probably the rest of her life. Something you had mentioned kind of at the beginning was how sometimes the hard times bring us to the good times. It can help us be better in better ways. And I was just thinking, you know, maybe for your daughter, you know, I know that's not something that she had wanted for herself, and I'm sure something that difficult but you know maybe it's it's pushing her to be somewhere else in life that's going to benefit her or benefit others more she just a thought <laughs> no it absolutely and she actually has said that there are so many people that she's met along the way that she wouldn't have met if it wasn't for her epilepsy because her epilepsy completely changed her post-college trajectory she had to go off on you know a different type of path than what she had planned to do, but then she was open to the, all of those new situations that it brought her to. I know she, I mean, I'm not saying that she's not frustrated and I'm not saying that she enjoys having epilepsy. No. I think she would really rather not have it. She also had a number of seizures. Her seizures are just like Thomas's where they're uh, dramatic and pretty debilitating. Anyway, she, uh, hers is, has been managed, and she's three years without a seizure now. She's uh, got it under control with medication. They don't believe that her type is curable. Medication mm -hmm. is the cure, kind of. Well, thank God. We have medication that we have the <laughs> opportunity to use. We're very grateful for that. Liz, I'm just really grateful that you were here. I'm grateful that you shared your stories, because these are, these are personal stories. 
that not a whole heck of a lot of families would be willing to share. So thank you for being so bold. Thank you for encouraging women to be respectful of their husbands. Thank you for having faith and sharing your story to the point where if you truly do seek the Lord in prayer, he will answer those prayers. And it seems like you did it with such grace and such patience and such honestly expectant joy that your husband, when he told you, okay, call, call the place, you you were dumbfounded <laughs> almost. And that's really what, what leaves us in awe of these stories. Well, the, the stories are awesome because God is behind them. Yeah. But don't forget that behind every great story, there's a sinner. <laughs> so well, I mean, for there's, sure. there's plenty, there's plenty of that there too. So I've been given probably the grace of good faith, which is wonderful. But, you know, there's plenty of other stuff that comes with well, that. Well, sure, we're human. We're in, we're in the want, world. I don't want anyone to think that I think I'm so perfect. Well, no, no, no. I, so, yeah. so, but the, that's the beauty of these stories is that God loves us where we're at. Mm -hmm. And he works with us where we're at. And he knows that we're always, all of us, every one of us, works in progress. And it's never too late. It's never too late mm -mm. to to talk to him and to tell him we love him and whatever it is that we've done wrong or or thought we neglected to do or or said God understands and he and he wants us to come back just like any good father. That was beautifully said. Very very beautifully said. Thank you so very much Liz for vis visiting with us today and sharing this time with us today and Danielle, I yes. thank you very much for joining us and asking your wonderful questions. And I look forward to you guys being, well, Danielle being on our next show next week. If anyone would like to share their stories with us and visit with us in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin to do our podcast and share your stories and your faith, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is real at gmail.com send that to eric stewart and then we'll get you scheduled thank you so much for listening hi this is eric again i just want to take the time to reach out and first of all thank you for listening to this episode of he is real it means a great deal to us for you to join us in these stories we feel strongly that god reaches out to us to invite us to join him in his kingdom Although he does not force us, bribe us, or extort us to ask him into our lives, he loves us and wants to be a part of our journey on earth as he prepares a place for us in his heavenly kingdom. He is so loving that he created us with the free will to choose eternal life and be forgiven of our sins. Again, if you would like to reach out to us for prayer or just leave us words of encouragement, you can do so in the comments where you listen to this podcast or simply send an email to info.heisreal at gmail.com. That's I-N-F-O dot H-E-I-S-R-E-A-L at gmail.com. Don't be surprised if we respond or reply, as we want to be connected with you to encourage one another. If you are seeking answers to questions on how to live a more hopeful, fulfilled life, let us know so we can point you in a direction that may provide deeper support. Remember, we are not clergy, pastors, or counselors. We just want to share with you how God can be real in your life as he is real in our lives. May God bless you always.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.